go have a cold one, and then we'll get ready for Miami. We're in the ninth overtime. This to win it for Illinois. Play yes! It's good! That's a touchdown! Oh, my goodness! The Magic Man pulls out the magic wand! DJ James ends the game for the Ducks! These people are really, really happy that we beat Tennessee, and I'm really happy we beat Tennessee. Touchdown, Brees Hall! Fourth and two, Presley, and he fights for the first down. He didn't make it! He didn't make it! This place is going bananas. Wow, the weeks go quick, don't they, Greg McElroy? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix. We are making our way, moving really now into the latter part of the college football season and what could very well be a statement Saturday for a number of teams as we make our way toward the playoff. Georgia and Florida meet for their annual grudge match in Jacksonville, Florida. They have a tall task ahead of them as Georgia has trailed for just 11 plays all season. And then on ABC, how about Penn State at Ohio State? Penn State just 2-12 and 12 at Ohio State since joining the Big Ten in 93. James Franklin just 1-6 and six against the Buckeyes. And number 6 Michigan heading to East Lansing to play number 8 Michigan State. Michigan now 0-5 against top 10 opponents on the road under Jim Harbaugh. But it's a different kind of year, at least so far, for Big Blue. Here's how the top three in the Big Ten East will finish their seasons. After Penn State, the Buckeyes will have projected ranked games with Purdue, Michigan State, and Michigan. Michigan will play Penn State and Ohio State, and as for Michigan State, they will have to play Purdue, Penn State, and Ohio State. It, it has just been that kind of season, Greg. We've learned to expect the unexpected, but when you look ahead to Michigan, Michigan State, uh, it, it, in effect, is this a college football playoff elimination game? No, it's not, Wendy. I'd love to tell you that it is to increase the level of urgency for each one of these two programs. But really, even in defeat, both these teams can still ultimately get back to where they need to go. Now, they would need some help, and obviously losing this game would ultimately lead to them not necessarily controlling their own destiny, which is never a good feeling. It's never a comfortable feeling. However, when you look at Michigan, and you look at Michigan State for that matter, these are two programs that have done a remarkably good job up to this point. Let's start with Michigan. They now have done a really nice job of defending. They're not allowing the same big plays that they gave up a year ago. They're also able to at least move the football both on the ground and through the year by creating balance and being able to spread the ball around with capable playmakers all over the field. And then for Michigan State, Maybe one of the biggest surprises of the college football season, Wendy. We're talking about a team that has explosiveness at wide receiver, a dynamic Heisman candidate at running back in Kenneth Walker, and a quarterback, Peyton Thorne, who at times has been as consistent as any quarterback in the Big Ten. That's including that of C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, who's had a few ups and downs in his first year as a full-time starter. So when you look at this Michigan State team, they have weapons, they have speed on the perimeter, and Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor, they have a great running back, they have a veteran offensive line. This is going to be one heck of a matchup this weekend, and I think even in defeat, these teams still could potentially get within striking distance with a little help in front of them. Let's go back 
that point about Michigan State being one of the season's biggest surprises, and I would agree, but when you look back in the preseason or even the first few days of the college football season, and I'd said, hey, Greg, Michigan State will be in this position at this point in time, and you say, no, no way. <laughs> Why? What, what has been the difference maker then? Michigan State, along with several other teams, Wendy, have been the beneficiary of the new rules in college football. The seniors, the super seniors, and the transfer portal. That's why they're at where they're at right now. You look at their offensive line, and that's where most teams are really built, right? Look at their offensive line. They have fifth and sixth year players across the board. You look at their wide receiver skill, transfer from Reed. You have a transfer in Kenneth Walker uh, at running back, who's been excellent coming up from Wake Forest, been as dynamic a running back as their been in the Big Ten up to this point of the season. So when you look at how they've been able to piece this roster together, them along with Wake Forest, who's got a ton of super seniors, along with Baylor, who has a ton of super seniors, these are teams that are playing far above the expectation level because of how veteran they are. And then you mix in a couple transfers with some serious potential. That's a recipe for success that teams for years now in the future will likely be trying to replicate. Yeah, it's so interesting because the transfer portal, I mean, your opinion on the transfer portal simply depends on whether you've been the beneficiary or you've lost players. It's such, it's, it's such an interesting thing uh, for teams depending on their experience. Uh, now, speaking of experience, let's look at Michigan and their track record, at least, in terms of these big road games under Jim Harbaugh. Michigan 2-8 and eight against AP-ranked opponents on the road under Harbaugh, including 0-5 against AP top 10 teams. Michigan ranked in all 10 of those games as well. So you can't argue, in effect, that now Michigan's ranked. There's got to be a different reason. But I will say this, Greg, it feels like, and we'll see, that this is a different kind of year for Michigan. What has been the difference for the Wolverines? Well, let's just start quickly, Wendy. We've seen Michigan in this spot before. Maybe not to this extent, but I've bought Michigan eight weeks into the season only to be disappointed. I'm, I'm proceeding with caution and silver lining optimism. I think this team's for real. I really do. I love Kay McNamara, quarterback. He's been excellent, has a good feel for the position. It's been very accurate, not afraid to work the middle of the field. I think they do a really interesting job in their run game by using pistol and using different formations to create advantages along the line of scrimmage and then defensively they've been pretty dang good at all three levels at times their linebackers have carried them at times their defensive backs have carried them and really most of the time their defensive front has been very solid as well this is a group that is better each individual part is better collectively where the sum is greater than each individual part I said that wrong initially but you knew what I meant so I've been very impressed with Michigan. However, I'm not sure they've faced a dynamic passing attack just yet. These will be the best wide receivers that Michigan's seen up to this point and potentially the most explosive offense they've seen up to this point. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but I reserve the right to change my mind next week if they get burned defensively. Yeah, we, we call that sitting the fence. And number one, I didn't know exactly what you meant. And number two, I completely appreciate the glass half full approach. But I understand. Look, buyer beware. We have been here before. Uh, let's take a look now at Penn State because what's interesting about the Nittany Lions, of course, is the health of Sean Clifford. He is expected to be at full strength Saturday when the 20th ranked Nittany Lions visit number five Ohio State. He was injured in the first half against Iowa. That was October 9th. Limited in practice the next two weeks. Uh, and in Saturday's home loss to Illinois in nine overtimes. What will it take for a healthy Clifford? Let's assume for a minute he is, Greg, to be successful this weekend. 
Well, it's going to have to be a start similar to that of what we saw from Penn State against Iowa. If you look at Ohio State the last few weeks, not only have they buried teams, but they buried them early. They've gotten off to remarkably good starts, and this is a team that you do not want to play catch-up against because they have good pass rushers, and they've gotten better and better and better in the secondary as far as covering wide receivers. So I think Clifford needs to come out dealing a very hot hand. Now, I don't think last week was representative of what this Penn State team's all about. Now, I'm not sitting here, Wendy, telling Telling you that this Penn State team is a national championship contender. I've had reservations about them from the very beginning of the year, dating all the way back to when they beat Auburn in kind of unceremonious fashion at that point. Still, I had a lot of questions about Auburn after that game and still in some ways have some questions about the Tigers. So I think this Penn State team absolutely has to get off to a good start and they have to do a great job against the run because if you look last week, they got gashed on the ground by an Illinois rushing attack that's not super elite. Guess what? This Ohio State team while C.J. Stroud gets all the headlines, those two wide receivers are super elite. This running game can really hurt you as well, especially if this Ohio State team gets an early lead like they have the last few weeks. Well, no kidding. If you're looking for super elite in terms of some of the weapons they have, look no farther. That will certainly be the case with the Buckeyes. Let's take a look at now at the college football rankings brought to you by PlayStation. And this is interesting. Penn State and Oklahoma State plummeted out of the top 10. That happens. Bama leapfrogs Oklahoma. They barely escape Kansas, though. And Ohio State stays ahead of Oregon, despite Oregon handing uh, the Buckeyes their one loss. Greg, do we agree with Ohio State at this point ahead of Oregon? Uh, I, I can't personally. Uh, I just don't know how you can. I saw an Oregon team, and while they haven't looked as good the last few weeks, I can't sit here based and tell you on the eye test that Oregon's better than Ohio State, but that's the eye test. Why do we play the games in the regular season if they're not going to be if they're not going to matter? If it's exclusively about eye test, let's just take the recruiting rankings, line them up, and hey, whoever's got the top recruiting rankings, put them in the playoff. No, that's not the reality. Oregon won the game, and while I have so respected. What we've seen from Ohio State since that point, we've also seen an Ohio State team that's addressed some of their concerns on defense. They've gotten better on the offensive side of the football, gotten more consistent on the offensive side of the football. But I'd also say, too, Wendy, they haven't been challenged. By far, their biggest competition this year in that test against the Oregon Ducks, they failed, and they failed spectacularly. So it doesn't mean they can't get back to the college football playoff. They absolutely can. They, I personally believe, Wendy, they still control their own destiny because I don't think Oregon's going to Utah and winning that game in a couple weeks. So I think Ohio State's still in prime position, but I cannot look myself in the mirror and completely deny what happened in the second week of the season when the Ducks took down the Buckeyes in pretty spectacular fashion. We need Greg McElroy sleeping at night, so we're not going to ask you to do that, all right? We want you to go to bed with a, with a healthy conscience here. What I love about this season, especially though, Greg, is all the possibilities. Just going through that at this point in the season is good for college football. Time now for our Capital One fan vote. Which of the top teams are you most confident will win on Saturday? Make sure you go to the SportsCenter Twitter page and be heard. Cast your vote. You can catch Penn State as they take on Heisman hopeful quarterback C.J. Stroud, running back Travion Henderson and the number five Buckeyes at the shoe. We mentioned early 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific on ABC and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. Still to come on College Football Live, Pitt improved to six and one after knocking off Clemson on Saturday. Are they now the class of the ACC? One team begs to differ. 
And could the biggest challenge to the Sooners in the Big 12 be the Baylor Bears? Find out why you should start paying attention to what's happening in Waco. This is strictly business. This is Sparta! Time now for this week's ultimate performance presented by BMW. Wake Forest, how about the Demon Deacons improving to 7-0 and for just the second time in school history, beating Army on Saturday. The Deacons quarterback Sam Hartman threw for 458 yards, five touchdowns, and oh, added one with his legs for good measure, also rushing for a touchdown. Meanwhile, over at Pittsburgh, they beat up on Clemson Saturday for their fourth straight win, and with their win, the chances for winning the ACC improved to 60%. According to FBI, Pitt will face Miami this weekend. The ACC championship game has been won by the Clemson Tigers for, oh, I don't know, six years in a row, but not this time. It is wide open, at least. In fact, the team with the best chance, according to the FBI, is Pittsburgh, and they're from the Coastal Division. After that, Wake Forest has a 12% chance at NC State. State has a 15% chance. We are seeing a shakeup. Desmond Howard, who joins us now in the ACC, I like it. Uh, I got to tell you, though, they're doing some good things, those Pitt Panthers. Yeah, they really are. And I tell you what, it's not really a surprise because uh, Coach Narduzzi, the head coach, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach. They've always been strong on defense. But now with Kenny Pickett at the quarterback position, the offense is very explosive. I mean, he's a senior quarterback. He's played a lot of snaps. He does a really good job of surveying the landscape, understanding how a defense is trying to attack them and making sure that he get them out of bad plays and into good plays. I mean, the man has only thrown one, only one interception the whole season, the 23 touchdowns. He has a lot of weapons around him, but because of his maturity and his experience, this offense is one of the best offenses, not only in the conference, but in the nation. You know what, Desmond, I'll going into that game against Clemson, I'll, we talked yeah. about the big stage. I'm sorry, right. Greg, and Kenny Pickett taking advantage of it, which he did. Uh, listen, we also talked about right. Wake Forest. They were flying under the radar a little bit. Not so much anymore. What do you like that you're seeing out of Wake? Well, what I like about what I see out of Wake is their offensive mindset, man. They put you in conflict like crazy. If you look at their offense, it's a little different, it's a little unique. You watch their quarterback in particular, Sam Hartman, does a great job of being able to identify movement within the defense at all three levels because of how they run it. They essentially... If you want to kind of boil it down to a style of attack, it's essentially the triple option. Where they hand off the football when they're in shotgun forces linebackers and safeties to commit to the run, which allows Hartman to identify one-on-ones down the field with a talented wide receiver in Roberson, and he's able to deliver strikes in one-on-one -on -one situations like he did over and over and over again. My goodness, it was like routes on air when watching them against Army last week, and there was one punt in that football game, and it wasn't by Wake. This this is a team that had a very difficult time being stopped, and they're probably going to continue to have that mindset. Now, are they going to run the table? That's where I have a difficult time anticipating that. I think this team still has some flaws on the defensive side of the football, but I think their offense can score with anybody. So if it becomes a track meet, it could be very uncomfortable for whoever it is they're playing.
I think that makes sense. Des, who wins the ACC? I tell you what, Wendy, like I said, I'm a big fan right now of the Pitt Panthers. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on college game day. And just they, They're playing at a level that I think is sustainable. You know, sometimes you watch a team and you say, okay, you know, they're playing above their head or they're playing, you know, over their talent level. I think Pitt is at a consistent, constant level where they can maintain this style of play and get them through to the ACC championship game. So I'm a, I got to go with the Pitt Panthers winning it all in the ACC. I'm going to take Pitt as well. I think Pitt just has the better quarterback at this point, even though Hartman's been excellent. I think Pickett has the higher ceiling. And defensively, I just referenced that Wake, they have some vulnerabilities on defense. They've had a couple of very close calls this year, too, in which they won the game, and they deserve credit for winning the game, but they looked very human in the process of winning those games. So I think Pitt's been a little bit more control, and I think they're a little bit more consistent on both sides of the football. I'm going to make it a clean sweep. I got my eye on Pittsburgh, too. Kenny Pickett's been a lot of fun to watch. He continues to play well. We're going to stay right there in Pittsburgh. Okay? I like this. You, you, know, you know how we say you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, well, he said there's no chance. That was Mike Tomlin when asked about the possibility <laughs> of coaching at USC. In fact, he made it quite clear he has zero interest in coaching at the college level now or really ever for that matter. Hey, guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? <laughs> I mean, I, if I didn't know better, I, would, I, I, got, I think he was a little bit offended. One, I love Mike Tomlin, but he, he does. No, he was not having that. Not one bit. Hey, that's what I love about Mike Tom. Mike Tomlin means what he says, and he says what he means, and he is not to be played with or toyed with. So he let them know in un no uncertain terms, am I going to coach college football? And don't ask me such a ridiculous question anymore. Like, exclamation point, boom. I love it. Yeah, listen. Yeah, I, I, I watch him read the phone book. He, he's always fascinating to me, and uh, he, he just not 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 having it. So um, that's the way it goes. Mike Tomlin, guys, won't be the coach at USC. <laughs> at least if he is, man, I'd be I'd be pretty darn surprised. Uh, we're not done here on College Football Live. We continue to make our way towards another great weekend of college football. We'll talk about the biggest threat to Oklahoma in the Big 12 when we come back. I do think I'm willing to go out on a limb. I do think they will lose at some point this year. They won't go undefeated 15-0, win the <laughs> national championship. When they lose, I think it could get ugly. That's my only concern for the Pokes. Oh, look halfway here. The Big 12 did have an emotional Saturday, starting with Oklahoma State losing to unranked Iowa State. Iowa State has now won three of their last five against top team, top ten 
10 teams as an unranked team. And then Oklahoma surviving a scare against Kansas. The Sooners were held to 78 total yards of offense in the first half, trailed by three entering the fourth quarter, but came back to win it 35-23. So, after beating Oklahoma State, Iowa State now has the second best chance to win the Big 12 at 22%. According to our trusty FPI, Oklahoma is still the favorite, but Oklahoma State and Baylor right there in the mix. How many times have we said this, Greg, about any number of conferences? But, you know, is there a team here? I don't want to say flying under the radar, but who do you have confidence in uh, as you look at the Big 12? Well, the team that I, I think that not enough people are talking about is the Baylor Bears. They're remarkably efficient offensively. Jeff Grimes, the new offensive coordinator, has come down for BYU and has really invigorated what they're trying to be. They're simple, yet they're very effective. They call it the RVO, reliable, violent offense. And, man, has it been impressive. Their quarterback situation with Jerry Bahan, Jerry's been excellent, excellent, excellent throughout the course of the season. They have excellent wide receivers, solid offensive line. Des, there's an awful lot to like with what the Baylor Bears are doing not just offensively but with what they're doing on the defensive side as well yeah and Greg coming to the season you knew that this Bear Baylor Bears defense was going to be one of the best in the conference why because that's what Dave Aranda does he's a brilliant defensive coordinator I spent all sorts of time at him when he was with him when he was at LSU he's a very cerebral type of coach and so you knew that defensively they would be one of the tops I was surprised that they're number one in total offense in the conference, but being number two in scoring defense, holding opponents to less than 20 points a game, that's something that we knew we would see coming into the season. So I think the Baylor Bears are a team that you got to keep an eye on when you look at the Big 12 Conference. They play uh, Oklahoma on November 13th. That's going to be a game that I'm going to make sure that I tune into because that may help determine the Big 12 Championship. Greg, uh, you willing to put your money on Baylor to, to win the Big 12? Heck yeah, why not? They host Oklahoma, and oh, Oklahoma's okay. been a little up and down. Why not? Jez, <laughs> uh, I, I was a little afraid he was going to hedge his bets there, but he, he goes all in. I like it. You all in on Baylor? Yes, no? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah.